here. Thanks for being here this morning. Appreciate you coming back. For those who were here last night and for those who are new today, then we will see what we can do to keep you at least enthralled and entertained. A um, couple of uh, ground rules just for those who stayed at the hotel. We, we typically build in hard breaks um, for going to the restroom, and we will have another hard break right around checkout time if you have not already checked out of the hotel. Um, those are already built into the program, and we'll keep an eye on the clock and make sure that you're able to check out without any issues. You probably will be okay, I'm sure. They're, they're pretty flexible, loosey-goosey here a little bit as far as that is concerned. But um, we do bring up, build in the hard breaks for going to the restroom. Uh, just as a reminder, um, the restrooms are right out the door, and you make a hard left, and you'll find them. They're just right around the corner, so uh, for the men and the ladies. And... The information here that's being presented is uh, hopefully going to be beneficial to you. It's going to be helpful to you as far as uh, learning more about in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that you'll be able to just continue to strengthen and bolster your faith. That's what this is all about. This is a very, very important part of being able to disciple other people as well as you know personal learning. And what we emphasized yesterday when we had the conversation with everyone here is that it's interesting, when you hear people's sermons, you'll hear sermons, you'll hear teaching, but you have to personalize what's being taught and make sure that it has a personal application for you, not just doing it because somebody else is doing it, but doing it because you're truly seeking the Lord and truly seeking His wisdom and guidance. So that's what this is all about, and we'll, I'll do a very brief recap with what we talked about yesterday. We, it was a very brief one because a lot of the material is going to be kind of talked about today. I'm going to allow Mrs. Gaines to give uh, a quick hostess update uh, <laughs> as far as the the food that is available here uh, this morning. Go right ahead. Very good. Chicken minis, Chick Fil A chicken minis for the for the for the discriminating palates in this room. Chick Fil A, we have it available for you. Okay, well, with that in mind, we're going to get started, and uh, we are going to stay on time as much as we can. And this program was it used to be really tight as far as that's going. It's a little bit more loose this year, but we'll build in the breaks as we need to. Um, and um, in fact, Mrs. Gaines is going to heat up the chicken minis right now for you, for all of us. So we'll get started. And again, we're just going to go through the program. Yeah, I've got to turn stuff on, make sure it's all working right. So the starting out today with this particular section of the program, um, faith is what makes it all possible. The whole theme of this 
seminar is talking about with God all things are possible. And notice how I added to the title even for you. Well, that's that's has to be something that we have to understand. We know what scripture says, we know what the Bible says, but ultimately it comes down to you believing that God is making all things possible even for you, for your life. And it's going to be a test and a challenge to your faith and how we work with that. But the great news about that is that God is the one who is enabling us to be able to have this greater faith. And let's talk about that. So it all begins with faith. Faith begins with His Word. When we look at His Word, let's, if everybody has it, I'd like to have all of you look at Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. And I'm just preparing you now. There are a lot of scriptures that we're going to be looking at today. As we've emphasized with our seminars that we do, it's all biblically based. It's all based upon what scripture has to say. So we need to understand that that's a very important aspect of our faith. If we're doing something, it better has, has to line up with scripture. If it doesn't line up with scripture, then we need to find out, well, is there something close to it or not? Um, and, and we won't even use it if it's not lining up. Romans 10, 17. Now I'm going to read from the, I'm going to use the CSB version, the Christian Center Bible version of this text to emphasize that the word of God as referenced in other texts is indeed the word that speaks about Jesus Christ, who is the living word. It says in Romans 10, 17, CSB version, so faith comes from what is heard and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. So faith is coming from hearing that message, hearing the word, and it's a message about the subject, Jesus Christ, the very object of our faith. Look at the powerful message and testimony about Jesus Christ in the first words of the Gospel of John. Turn over to John 1, and and yes, take notes. Um, and write these verses down. Look at John 1, verses 1 through 5. So what we're doing is we're gathering information as we go through this passage about what do we have faith in and who do we have faith in. And so we're gonna, we need to know who it is this person is that we have faith in. In John 1, 1 through 5, again reading from the CSB, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men, That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Okay, a very powerful statement about who Jesus Christ is. The creator, and as a reminder, the uncreated creator, because that's exactly who he is. Now flip over if you're in the same section to verses 10 through 18. I'm just going to read those and follow along in your Bible. Once again, from the CSB version. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. 
But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent, or of the will of the flesh, or the will of man, but God. Don't go too quickly there, because he's saying God is the one, your purpose is because God created you. And that was his will. That was his desire. So that's what we need to see here. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, this is the one of whom I said, the one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Indeed, we all have, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son who is himself God and is at the Father's side. He has revealed him. Now let's parse these passages thoroughly in order to see what we can, you know, the necessity of faith in believing the possibilities of God. What we need to see here is that it all points directly to the existence of Jesus Christ. His very existence. Obviously, we would have a problem if we didn't have a Jesus Christ who existed. (coughs) Talk about a blind, empty faith. Amen? Amen? We have to go back to the subject, and that's Jesus Christ. So let's look at this a little bit more closely. First of all, number one, Jesus existed from the very beginning. Now, a lot of this we already know. But I'm emphasizing it just to make a point that we need sometimes to have our faith reinforced. Especially when times are tough. We need to be reinforced about who it is that we have this faith in. He's been around from the very beginning. And notice I say beginning relative to humanity beginning. He's always been around. Okay? He is the creator of the world and everything that is in it. He is the I am, as noted in Scripture. Exodus 3, verses 13 through 15. Many of you already might know where this is. This is Moses having a conversation with God at the burning bush. Then Moses asked God, If I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. And just about every Bible has I am capitalized. It is a it is an emphatic statement. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. The God also said to Moses, say this to the Israelites. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is how I am to be remembered in every generation. Now, what's the connection to Jesus Christ? It's the next passage we'll look at. John chapter 8, and I'll rip through it pretty quickly here, verses 48 through 58. We need to see that connection between the original God referenced in Genesis to now the God that we're looking at here, Jesus Christ, in the form of Jesus Christ in John eight forty-eight through 58. The Jews responded to him, aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan have a demon? I do not have a demon, Jesus answered. On the contrary, I honor my father and you dishonor me. 
I do not seek my own glory, but there is one who seeks it and judges. Truly I tell you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Then the Jews said, Now we know you have a demon. Abraham died and so did the prophets. You say, If anyone keeps my word, will he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died? Who do you claim to be? If I glorify myself, Jesus answered, my glory is nothing. My father, about whom you say, he is our God. He is the one who glorifies me. You do not know him, but I know him. If I were to say I don't know him, I'd be a liar like you. But I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. The Jews replied, you aren't 50 years old yet and you've seen Abraham. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. That's a deliberate statement making the connection between the I am from the burning bush to the I am in the person of Jesus Christ. And notice how he makes this statement with a very humble approach. He's saying he's not glorifying himself. It's the Father that glorifies him. And that's something that's very important to see also in leadership. There's nothing better than a humble leader. The person that you're looking to who's actually acting in humility and showing us as an example of what that humility really is. So we made the connection between the two I am's. Next point. In faith, we believe that Jesus is the great I am. In faith... There's that word. We believe that Jesus is the great I am. Now, I'll just put it out there. This is a prerequisite for you really growing in your faith. If you don't believe that Jesus is the great I am, we've got some more learning to do. And again, this has to be personalized. Now, we had the conversation yesterday uh, very briefly about how some of the obstacles that people have in this whole thing about faith and belief, which we spent some time talking about, and for those of you who just came today, we actually went through the definitions of faith and belief that you have in your in your packets as well, too. But one of the obstacles is teaching. How you were brought up, where you came from, what maybe what faith you were under in the first place, what what your parents believed, and a lot of that it can be generational. And it's one of those things where, depending upon what you were exposed to, these could be obstacles from you actually understanding and believing who Jesus Christ really is. If you go to other faiths, remember, Jesus Christ sometimes is mentioned with an asterisk. No one questions that he existed, but they question his deity. Mm-hmm. So depending upon who you're exposed to, what you were exposed to, you may have problems with this great I am thing. But I promise you, unless you come to the position where we have to believe that Jesus is that great I am, as we looked at in Scripture, and we have the connection in Scripture, then that's going to be an an issue for you as far as truly building on your faith and growing in your faith. A requirement of faith is obedience to the words of Jesus Christ. He is a living God that requires our loving obedience. If we want to grow in him, we need to take his word seriously and obey it. And understand something. Sometimes it comes down to obedience versus disobedience. Now, how many of us have ever been disobedient when it comes to God's word? 
words. It's universal, isn't it? But he always gives us that ability to come right back to him. Which is wonderful. I mean, that's that's very important for us to understand. He gives us that ability to come right back to Him even in the midst of our disobedience. He loves us for who we are. He doesn't love our sin, but He loves us. And you have to understand that our obedience to Him is rooted in His love and grace for you. He loves you, and He wants to extend you grace whenever possible. Romans 5, or pardon me, Romans 1, verses 5 and 6. Through him we have grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the Gentiles, including you who are also called by Jesus Christ. Grace is the result of his love for us, even though we are undeserving of it. Do we deserve his love based upon our actions? No, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve anything. But this is that's what true grace is. You know, when you, when you have children, and many of you who have had children, you know that you love them no matter what they do. And sometimes they're very good and sometimes they're not so good. And I I have to separate the tough love issue of it. Sometimes we have tough love, but it's still love. But we still love our children. Well, guess what? God does the exact same thing for us. It's the same thing. Verse 8 in Romans 5 says, God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Past, present, and future takes care of all the sins. So that we can have eternal life. Our call for discipleship is recognition that Jesus Christ, with full authority, has sent you out to fulfill his great commission. So he loves us, but he also gives us a challenge. He sends us out. He sends us amongst other people. One of the things that we talked about yesterday, just to emphasize, in order for us to really show that we're following the Lord Jesus Christ, our faith has to be in front of us as we go wherever we go. People need to see that. And people need, he loves us, he deems us worthy to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. He's the one who's giving us this task. In order for you to disciple other people, you have to be at your best in Christ. And I'm talking about not just discipling non-believers, but discipling even amongst other believers. You're the ones, if you have the right mindset and the right attitude, In your very words, through the power of the Spirit, you're teaching other people how to behave, how to act in Christ. That's how you overcome some of this bad teaching, this indifferent teaching, whatever it is that people are exposed to. You're helping people to understand what it is to have true faith by your actions. You know the proverbial faith without works is dead, right? Everyone here knows Matthew 28, 18 through 20, right? 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 Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. It should be very familiar to you because this is what our church has used as a verse that emphasizes what our mission is. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Don't leave out the all authority part. 
He has been given that authority. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. That last verse is just as important as the first section about all authority. The thing about him being with us from now until the end of the age, whenever that is, is really important for us to see. The content in the middle is important, but let's face it, without Jesus Christ, we can't do anything. His very presence is necessary for us to be able to have this growing faith. Let that sink in. Really important for us to see that. He is the one that's going to help us with this. His grace and His sending you out compels you to obedience in love. Now, what I wanted to do was I wanted to... uh, There's a handout here. It's going to say at the top, Faith Builders. Looks like this. Faith Builders begin with Jesus Christ. And, and it actually is emphasizing some of the points we've just made. So just refer to that as we continue on here. First of all, I want you to understand that these are, these are very important passages that we'll be looking at to emphasize these things. Hebrews 11.6 is very important. Christians, believers, must have faith as a part of how they operate. It's got to be in your DNA. When we look at Hebrews 11.6, it says, And without faith it is impossible to please Him. That's the ESV version. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. You've got to have faith that He is here. Faith requires believing in His eternal presence. And your desire to grow closer to Him is affirmed with His blessings. Now, I'm giving you the handout as a reference point because these points we, we may or may not cover. I remember when I prepared this, I think I just stuck all, stuck all those together on the handout for you just to be able to have the points 1 through 7. But just make that, make a note of that. Next point, faith in the great I am leads to, yes, I can. Faith in the great I am leads to, yes, I can. You can do it because he enables you to be successful in what you are accomplishing according to what? His will and his purpose. Now that yes, I can is very important. What does the world tell you often? You can't do this. You're not able to accomplish this. You're going to have a hard time with this. Well, you just don't know enough about it. And we mentioned yesterday that there are millions of people who have been affected because we're in Satan's domain that are pushed to the side or just don't proceed because the world tells them they can't do something. They can't accomplish something. And yet many people overcome that. And say, yeah, I can do something. Because what you ultimately have to do is put your faith in the great I am. He's the one that enables you to do whatever you're doing. And you'll be able to accomplish those things. He's the one that makes you step out and do some things that you probably wouldn't do on your own. 
there's a number of verses within Philippians, and I'll, I'll give you a chance to uh, make a note of these because there are several of them. I'm just going to put them all up on the board here. Philippians 4.13, New King James Version, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you believe that? Yes. I mean, that's something that we have to continue to remind ourselves of. He strengthens you. He gives you energy. Sometimes He just gives you that boost when you think you can't go on anymore. Really important for you to understand that. He's enabling you in your faith. Philippians 2.13 For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to His good purpose. Working in you. God is working in you. You're talking about an active participant. God is an active participant in your very faith. He's working in you. Both to will and to work according to His good purpose. Philippians 4.19 And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3.14 I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. A lot of rich passages in Philippians that talk about this very enabling that He gives to us. He calls us, He enables us, He gives us what we need to execute. And you can accomplish a great deal. Faith, it's up there, faith gives you confidence in your success. There's no reason to be tentative or fearful in your action because there's no limitation to how God can assist you. Has God ever had any limits whatsoever in your life? Hello? No. No. What happens? We put limits on ourselves. We limit what He can do based upon where we're comfortable. But there's no limit to what He can do. We have to look at Gradually allowing those limitations that we put on ourselves to come and be peeled off. Peeled off. That's what we have to do. That's what we have to continue to emphasize. He doesn't have any limit on how he can assist us. Psalm 27.1 Of David, uh, from of David, excuse me, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? A lot of those limitations come from fear. But if you're really bold in the Lord, that fear should be cast aside. And even if we are fearful, we step out anyway. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I got to tell you something. If you're an international worker, personally, I'm sure that they're not always confident about what they're doing. I'm sure there's fear. I'm sure they're afraid. They're in a foreign country. They're in a foreign nation. And there's so many dynamics now where they have to be concerned. That's why we call them international workers and not missionaries anymore. Because the word missionary has a context that they're doing something that's going to proselytize to the natives. And that's why why we had this whole exercise about not even mentioning their names on social media. 
because they could be in danger. Everybody uses social media now, even folks overseas. Mm-hmm. 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 So we have to be conscious of that. Yes, I'm sorry. Now you got a nice big voice, and you're not <laughs> so quiet. Um, <laughs> Say it again. Bruce. Courage doesn't show up until fear is present. Right. That's a good point. That's that's when courage shows up. That's when it shows up. But where are we getting that courage from, though? Yeah, it's from Him. It's from Jesus Christ. Because if you don't have, if you don't rely upon Him, you're not going to overcome that fear. You're going to be stuck where you are. And that's what a lot of us have to deal with and understand as we discuss this. And this is just one aspect. This is just one thing. Deuteronomy 31.6 Be strong and courageous. Now these are the words of the Lord speaking. Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid of them for the Lord your God is the one who will go with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Many different places in Scripture. Remember how Jesus said He's always going to be with us to the end of the age? He's always going to be with us. He will never leave you or abandon you. If we had a God that left us or abandoned us, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? All the time. We'd be in trouble. I'm very thankful that we have a God that truly does never leave us, never abandons us. I've got some elements of faith here. Uh, I'm going to ask you to jot these down. These are ultimately going to be, um, it's like an outline form. Um, so one of the elements of faith is, number one, to follow him. Follow him. And I literally have it in, in the outline format. In order for you to follow him, you have to do a couple things. Well, you have to do three things. Next, you have to acknowledge him. You have to acknowledge God. And you may recognize those acronyms about Image and Pact. Um, that Those handouts are actually in your packet. You can look at them at your own, but you'll see where they say Image and Pact. And for who remembers the Image and Pact that we've talked about in the past? Part of this following him and acknowledging him means you have to do what? You have to not just read his word, but investigate it. You meditate on his word. Meditation requires a little bit more Study. Hearing the Lord speak to you. Act on His Word, grow in His Word, and and endure. That's the image part. And who remembers pact? Charles, you ought to remember this one. Oh, Jesus, okay. He had a cheat sheet. (laughs) Good for you. That's all right. Pray, ask, consult, and trust. Making a pact with Jesus. In other words, these are very things that you do to grow in your relationship with Him. So you're acknowledging him, so you're actually doing these very things. So I'll go down the, once again, reading and studying his word. And that's where we talk about investigating and meditating. I'll let you write it down. I won't go too fast. Yes? Too cold, too warm. How's the room? Who's cold? All right. I will. I will do that. I'll do that. I'll turn it up in, in, during the break. I'll take care. Of it. Yeah. You're very comfortable. Wow. Okay. Well. Well, let me get. Let me get through this. <laughs> oh, was that too fast? Oh my goodness gracious! Well, we don't. 
Well, no, we can go. We can go back. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't know if I can do it from here or not, because I gotta. Let me see if I can go back. Yep, I think I can. There you go. Go ahead. While you're writing that down, I'm gonna mess with the temperature and see if I can do it without blowing the thing up. Yeah, I can buy. Um, it says it's 69.7 degrees in here. Perfect. Take it to what? I'll put it on 72. Is that all right? 71. 71? All right, it's on 71. Perfect. So it's going to go up. Yeah, they'll be fanning. Yeah, they'll be fanning. I know. That's how it usually works. Crack a window. Can't crack a window in here. Crack a window. That's ingenious. <laughs> All right, am I ready to flip now? You guys caught up to that? Yes. Okay. Next element, next part of it is B, communicate with Jesus Christ. Communicate with Jesus Christ. How do you communicate with him? Prayer and asking. That's your communication. Obviously, you're communicating with Him. His Word communicates to us through the Bible. You communicate with Him by praying and asking. <coughs> Do I need to take this over here? Keep it moving along. Take those around. Good to go? C, let the Spirit move as you move. Let the Spirit move as you move. We're all busy. We all move around. We all got stuff going going on in our lives. But guess what? No matter what you're doing, working, playing, studying, classes, whatever it is that you're doing, let the Spirit move with you as you do these things. That's what you're supposed to do. How do you do that? Act on His Word. You live out your Word. Live out His Word. You're growing daily and you're enduring as you move. I just gave you the elements between the pact and the image within this. If you picked up on that a little bit. And finally, D, trust his movements. Trust his movements. Trust what he's doing. He may be sending you somewhere that you're not really aware of, but trust in him. That's, that's part of faith, isn't it? We talked about how faith, or tr- uh, faith is about believing in something even though you can't see it. That's what faith is. In the present and in the future. Trust his movements. And these two points stand on their own. Seek Him early and often. Seek Him early and often. And why do I say early and often? You don't wait until something happens necessarily before you start saying, Oh Lord, help me, Jesus! It's a little late. (laughs) You need to go earlier than that. I mean, you can still say, Lord, help me, Jesus... But you need to have this regular communication with Him. You don't just call on Him when something bad is happening. Unfortunately, a lot of people do that. 
A lot of people do that. You won't see anything out of them when it comes to, ah, everything's fine. But when something bad happens, that's when you start calling on the Lord. Well, wait a minute now. There's a growth development that needs to take place with that individual. You wouldn't be here without the Lord. Let's start with that. And the other thing is that we want to emphasize is know Him with confidence. You have to be confident in who Jesus Christ is. Know Him with confidence. You can know Him. And when you really get to know Jesus Christ and you really are weaving Him into all aspects of your life, you're going to be very confident in what He can do. Everyone in this room has a testimony about what God has done for them, correct? Everyone has a testimony of that. That's evidence of His being there. Now, what do we have a problem with? Sometimes learning from these things and remembering these very things. You don't forget about them when stuff gets bad or when things get hard. And I cannot stress this enough. It's really important for us when other people that we know are going through a very difficult time to be compassionate and loving and prayerful for those people. We have non-believers who are friends The husband's going through cancer right now. The wife is trying to be a caregiver, but they have this terrible communication between the two of them. Where it's just, it's not always good. It's sometimes, you know, the husband will snap at the the wife and say things, even though he's feeling bad, and he'll come back later and say, I'm sorry. But what he'll say is very hurtful. And all you can do is be prayerful and encourage other people to just try to hold things together, Seek the Lord. Go after the Lord. Keep using that language. People know a lot more than what sometimes we give them credit for. We talk about God. They know who He is. They know what we're talking about. It's just that they haven't called on Him to give their life to Him. Yes? I'm not going to say that everybody that has bad things happen to them has a poor communication I'm just giving that as an example. You're right. What I'm saying is sometimes you can look up and it seems like you have bad thing after bad thing after bad thing. God may be trying to get your attention to understand that he's always there. So yes. if you start learning to praise him and thank him for what you have as opposed to just calling on him when it's bad. Exactly. Very good point. You're getting into good habits, aren't you? I mean, that's what that comes down to. Good habits about being prayerful. We need to learn how to pray more. That's And praise Him. But we need to learn how to pray more. Prayer is a form of praise. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, exactly. Yeah, He tells us how to pray. We, we have that as a primer already in His Word. But we as believers still need to pray more. And I can't emphasize how important that really is. Romans 10.17 So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now this is not just for new believers. This is for all time. For all believers in Jesus Christ. Now we hear this verse and we see this verse. But your faith is going to build as you develop your relationship with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. You're going to learn to hear His voice. You will learn to hear His voice. And you need to learn how to hear His voice. A few seminars back, we were talking about the different ways God speaks to us. 
He speaks to us in many, many different ways. But we, you, you as a person, have to learn how to hear his voice. Hear when he speaks. This is not a given. You've got to learn it. It has to be a learned thing. And the Spirit's going to be the one who teaches you about this. This is a learned behavior. He's going to speak to you. He's going to guide you. He's going to direct you. He's going to chasten you. He's going to correct you. He also will console you. He will guide you and direct you. I want to emphasize those words. That's pretty important. You're going to get guidance and direction. Of course, the guidance and direction is going to come in correction. It's going to come in chastening you. And that's fine. You need it. I need it. Everybody needs it. But the point is that he's going to guide you and direct you. He will affirm your obedience. Remember this. He will affirm your obedience and your desire to be close to him and learn more about him. In other words, if you put the effort in, he is going to say, good. This is good. This is a good thing. He will affirm you in different ways. He'll show it through blessings. He'll show it through just good communication. You'll know exactly where you are at that point because God's going to show it to you. He's going to affirm your commitment to do those very things. And a great verse that reinforces that is James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. This is all part of the prayer, ongoing. Who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. It will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Those are key words. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. In other words, there has to be a foundation with your faith. You can't just doubt. Remember, without faith, it's impossible to do what? Please God. It's a necessity in this whole issue. All the more reason why it's important for us to really bolster up our faith. It's a necessity as a believer. If you don't have faith, then you're wasting your time. I'll just put it out there for what it is. And I don't say that lightly because we have to understand that not everybody who comes to church has the same mindset. You know, sometimes it's just a hangout. Sometimes it's just a social environment. So note the steps to greater faith to overcome that gout. These are the steps to greater faith. Ask God for help. Amen? Amen. Ask Him for help. He will help you if you ask Him. Remember we talked about yesterday, Lord help my unbelief? He asked for help. I want to believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. Ask God for help. It's so simple, and yet it's so difficult for some folks. Number two, trust his answer, whether you like it or not. 
Now, I put that in there because ultimately you've got to understand something. A lot of people want just their answer to prayer or bolstering your faith. But sometimes you're going to get an answer you don't like. You know what? It's not about whether you like the answer or not. If God is truly looking after you and cares about you and loves you, He sees stuff that you can't see. He knows what's best for you. And so now it takes the personal feelings and attitudes and puts them aside. Because there are going to be times when you're going to have to do something that you don't want to do. Especially when it comes to ministry. Lord have mercy. You know, God loves everyone, but we don't love everyone. (laughs) We don't love everyone the same way He loves them. But there are some things we have to do sometimes that are unpopular. You don't want to do them. But it's not about wanting to do them or not wanting to do them. You're asking God, He's giving you the answer. That's an element of this faith thing. Have faith in it. Third point. Expect that His result is good. And I mean good as in Romans 8.28 good. And that's important to understand that the Romans 8.28 version of good is not always the good that, like, happy and joyful. Okay? But his answer is going to be good. So we're really summarizing what James 1.5-8 says here. Without these steps, if you don't take these steps... Number one, don't expect to receive any satisfaction. Don't expect to receive any satisfaction. Your expectation should be down to nothing. You'll be dissatisfied. You'll be, you won't be content. Number two, if not asking in faith, you will be disappointed. You will be disappointed. You know, I don't know how good some of you are remembering the past, but you may have experienced some of these very things because ultimately it comes down to was your faith in this request? Was your faith in this situation? And you'll find out that you're not content, you're not satisfied. And rest assured, doubt's only going to keep on going. It's going to continue. And the bad thing about that is that it stunts your growth as a believer. So how important is asking in faith? It's everything. This is what the world will get all the time. Because everything is happening according to faith being out of the picture. And where is the world right now? Is there contentment in the world today? There's a lot of strife. There's anxiety. There's all kinds of issues going on. We talked about this yesterday. This is the world. You don't need to be in this. Amen. You have another handout. At the top, it says, it actually has on the bottom the handout uh, where it says, Faith, Trust, and Believe. Do you believe, do you trust, do you have faith? Now, I mentioned this only because you can take your own personal survey with something like this. You would have to give yourself an honest appraisal. And they're measuring sticks in your life. Um, let me see if I've got this here. Everybody see this handout? 
All right, very good. So, you see those very things, those very attributes that God gives to you about the wisdom and knowledge, Jesus Christ, the pre-existent, uncreated creator. He loves us and offers salvation because of his grace. Take those with you and look at those. And what you need to do is look at those and give yourself an honest appraisal about where you are in your life. I'm going to give you some stuff to write down just thinking about it here too. And these are some measuring sticks to give yourself an honest appraisal. This is not on the handout. This is not on that paper. So you need to write down what I'm going to tell you. You can answer the questions. There's three answers. Well, maybe four. Yes, sometimes, maybe, or no. Yes, sometimes, maybe, or no. Question number one. Do you believe that God will answer your prayers? Yeah, you just write it. You can just, I want you to write the questions. (laughs) Just make a note. You're making an honest appraisal. Yeah, I'm just giving you these. Do you believe that God will answer your prayers? Next question. Are your prayers self-focused or God-focused? Are your prayers self-focused, self-focused, or God-focused? Next question. Do you believe that God has the power to heal? Next question. Do you trust that God has your best interests at heart? Do you trust that God has your best interests at heart? Next question. Do you believe that God's lordship is personal to you. Do you really? I can go back. Do you need me to go back to the last question? Last two questions. Do you believe that God has the power to heal? Do you have that one? I'll start at the top. Do you believe God will answer that God will answer your prayers? Are your prayers self focused or God focused? That's number two. Third question, do you believe that God has the power to heal? Got that? Next question, do you trust that God has your best interests at heart? That's the fourth one. You know, next year we'll do a course on shorthand. Number five, (laughs) do you believe that God's lordship is personal to you. Do you believe that God's lordship is personal to you? There's two more questions. Next. Ready? Do you trust that God's presence is a sanctifying presence? 
Do you trust that God's presence is a sanctifying presence? And obviously the key word in that is sanctifying. Last question. Do you have faith in God in spite of not having all of the answers? Do you have faith in God in spite of not having all of the answers? <clears throat> now we gave the, you have four different answers you can give. Yes, sometimes, maybe, no. It's okay if all of your answers are not yes. I wouldn't be very comfortable if all of your answers were yes. Yes, sometimes, maybe, or no. Yeah, that's a personal appraisal you can take on your own. The last question, do you have faith in God in spite of not having all of the answers? <clears throat> it's okay if you don't have... You know, all your answers aren't yes. It may be healthier to recognize you still don't have your faith, your belief issues all worked out. There's always room for improvement. Amen? Amen? Amen. There's always room for improvement. Growth requires improvement. Being better today than you were before. That's what we talked about yesterday. You're improving in this whole relationship thing. You're going to get better every day. As long as you're doing what? Seeking Him. Seeking Him. He's the one who bolsters up your faith. He's the one who helps to reinforce your belief. The belief aspect is a verb, it's an action word. The faith is a noun, and that's basically the foundation of what you believe. He's going to help you with those two things. Okay. It is 9.57. We're going to take a break. There are questions, you can ask questions or comments and we can, you know, allow you to do that as um, we're taking a break. About five minutes. And grab chicken. This is your chance.